What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Normal Guy Lazy Eye Podcast presented by House Enterprise. As always, I'm your host, Jared Magazine, just your neighborly normal guy with a lazy eye here connecting with incredible people who have great stories to tell. I apologize for the delay. We are back with another episode. We will be back to your regular scheduled program of a weekly episode. This week's episode was worth the wait, I promise. The highly anticipated return of a wonderful guest is here today. Lydia Keating joins the show one more time to chat all about her creative writing experience, her MFA at BU, some stuff that we got going on both uh, in the running community, in the content creation community. It is it is one of my favorite interviews. Lydia is obviously one of my favorite guests. She is an incredible person, and I'm so excited to have her back on the show. And I'm so excited for you guys to listen. I really don't think this this episode needs any other introduction here. So without further ado, here is the very talented, one and only Lydia Keating. This is the Normal Guy Lazy Eye Podcast, a true eye-opening experience. Well, one of the most anticipated, highly requested returns to the Normal Guy Lazy Eye stage is here. Your DMs have been answered. She is back. The leader of the fruit game, Daddy Snorlax, Lydia Mother Freaking Keating. Welcome back to the show. How are you? I'm doing so well. I'm so flattered. Did people actually ask me to come back on your show? You are one of, yes, absolutely. I mean, I, I was like, I, I, I'll, I'll try. I'll try to get her back. I know she's busy. <laughs> she's getting an MFA. Like, yeah, she's not just at my beck and call. <laughs> That's you so come kind. Back. <laughs> I'm so flattered. Um, yeah, I'm doing well. I'm, <laughs> I'm sitting here. It's March. We were just talking about how this is literally the worst time of year, but we're going to get through it. Um, it just I'm makes summers in New England that much better, I think. Yeah, I know. I, that's why I was talking. I lift at this gym in Fall River and I love it. And I was talking to one of the trainers and he's like always talking about how he's going to move to Florida. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm like, listen, the eternal sunshine is also depressing in its own way. So you're, we just have to settle with we're always going to be a little bit depressed. Okay, Just a little bit, just a sprinkle, just a touch yeah. Yeah, I mean, we we both came from uh, some stints in California at one yeah. point in time. So yeah, I, I would agree with you that the the eternal sunrise or sunshine is mm-hmm. is tough because because th- then the days that it rains in California, yeah. you're like, my day's over, my life's over, I have nothing to do. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Californians freak out when it rains. I um I actually liked when it rained in California because I like it just felt like a nice break from the sun. I also, when it's sunny out, whether I'm in California or I'm in New England, like I find it so hard to be productive. It's mm-hmm. like, cause I, I feel this like stress about needing to be outside the whole day. Yes. And like, that's currently for me for like getting my MFA. I'm also teaching an undergraduate class and like have so much, you know, trying to make content too still. Right. It's, I'm like, I can't, I literally can't be frolicking outside all day as much as I'd like that. <laughs> I, I, oh my God, the the worst part. So we were talking about this very briefly before we hit record. I got yeah. into a car accident in the beginning of February yeah. and I've been without a car and this is a really sad excuse, but like now I don't go outside or I don't even know what, the, I haven't left my apartment today. Like I, haven't, <laughs> I have gone down to the lobby. Yeah. Cause I work from home uh-huh. and 
like today wasn't a prime example because I could see the weather, but like there have been days where like my roommate will come home and be like, dude, why aren't the windows open? I'm like, what are you talking about? It's it's February. Yeah. He's like, it's 60 degrees out. And I was like, and I missed it. Like, yeah. I was, oh, it's like, because the sun had already said days over. Yeah. It doesn't matter. New England's dark. You know, it's like, I was like, gosh, darn it. Here we go. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I'd really run the risk of like missing those because, but then I was like, but I'm kind of glad that I didn't know because then I wouldn't have been productive to your point of like mm-hmm. going out and being outside all day because it's nice out. Yeah, I actually think I know. Were you, are you talking about that like 60 degree day that was like three weeks ago or something? Yep, I exactly. didn't go outside that day either. Like, and people the next day were talking about how warm it was. I was like, oh yeah. And then it <laughs> snowed like, like six inches here in Boston two days later. I was like, what yeah. a classic New England response to it. Nice yeah. <laughs> well, I was like, no, this is creepy. This is like global warming. Cause I, <laughs> I like New England spring is up and down, but that felt like really sketchy, extreme. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. So, and then go ahead. No, no, go ahead. I was just gonna say, and then World War Three happened. Yeah, seriously. I mean, a lot has transpired since we've chatted, but a lot has also transpired, like, in the two five days or like the last ten days. So, yes, I mean, we have a lot. We can talk about a lot. We really could. We could make this a political podcast. We could. We won't. We We won't. Could, but we won't. We could, but we won't. We could. We. We could also talk about taxes. That's coming up. But oh we won't. my god! We yeah, won't. we won't. Oh, we won't do my, it for you. We won't. We won't. You'll find your tax podcast. You can find your your world news podcast. This is not that podcast. Mm, this isn't it. <laughs> Go to NPR. Yeah, there's you you. There's a library of content for that. But anyways, you just got back. Speaking of seasonal depression and escaping mm-hmm. that, you just mm-hmm. got back from Mexico for what seemed like. A month and a half but it, I know. In, in return was four days that you had disclosed <laughs> to the world it was only four days how was that trip um that's so sweet of you to ask yeah I was I was in fact only there for four days this much like I'm still posting content yeah <laughs> so I think people think I'm just like on this extended vacation I wish I was and my my big takeaway Mexico was beautiful it's like it was so nice to get some sunshine but my big takeaway was with international travel, I think you need to have at least a week to like, mm. because the, in that, like I was there for four days, including the days that I was traveling. Right. Like I counted those. That's how like desperate I was for it to be like a vacation. And it was kind of planned last minute. Like I planned it right after um, New Year's. So it was like, I kind of was like squeezing it in President's yeah. Day weekend. And um, yeah, like in the future, I think if I'm trying to do a trip, I'm going to like be really planny, planny about it and have enough time. But yeah, it was so nice, um, to like be in the ocean. I didn't really like run. I I've been having troubles finding motivation <laughs> to run. You and I were talking a little bit about running, oh, we're but I'm not in a good that. spot with, with like just in, I'm not in a good rhythm with running or working out generally. I'm yeah, trying no- to get there though. Okay, let's just some let's jump into because a podcast with Lydia and Jared would not be complete without talking mm-hmm. about our amateur running. So let's yeah. so since we last chatted on this show, we mm-hmm. both ran marathons. You ran the Newport Marathon in mid mid November, early November. I think it there. may have been in September. I honestly can't remember. Oh, you're right. I'm dumb. Yeah. It was September because it was before mine. And I was just gonna say my followers will hit the five second skip button to hear me say the next sentence, but I ran the Charles River Marathon that everyone knows about. Um, what I wanted to ask you something that I have been reflecting on as the time has expired, where I, did you like not want to run for like a month after that? I didn't. 
Well, no, I actually had an opposite experience because I was really having troubles. Like, I feel like you were so good with a training plan from what I could tell. And from like when we last spoke, it felt like you were pretty like diligent and disciplined mm-hmm. with your training Thank plan. You. Yeah. Thank I mean, it's that, that, but that's really, that's, I think what makes marathons hard is the training, not that's, the actual oh my God. race day. No. No, and like sticking to the training because it's sticking to anything for a long time is difficult. And yeah. I've actually, I don't think I've ever, I've run now uh, four marathons, and I've, I don't think I've ever been like, yeah, I trained really perfectly and diligently for that. Like I've always kind of like pulled my shit together in the last like month, mm-hmm. and like, you know, uh, I think that's kind of like reaping the benefits of having been a collegiate rower and like right. having the base that you and I were talking about, just like that um, aerobic base. I don't remember. Yeah, you got like it. being you able got to it. do endurance sports. Yeah. So, and like what, real quick, like when I, when you were saying like, I was so diligent, like it was mm-hmm. almost to a fault because I was like, we went on a trip to Hawaii and I was like, oh my God, there's no way I can run 18. Like I'm supposed to run 16, 14 miles on this Sunday. And I'm like, I'm three, I'm coming off three Mai Tais from last night. There's just no way. <laughs> and like, I also don't even know where to find 16 miles on the Island of Maui, like first yeah. problems, but yeah. I was like, there's just no way. So like, I, I get like six miles and I'd be like, okay, that'll do. But like, it was my mental state of yeah. that so bad. I was like, Oh, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to tear an ACL on the run. I was like, yeah. I was like, yep, I'm going to, I'm going to fail this. You're like, that's so bad. It. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I will. I, I empathize with that because for the 14 mile training run is kind of an important one because it's like that. I feel like that's what really gets you over the hump from like mid just like, obviously 10 miles is still like for most people, that's a lot, but yeah, yeah, but for, for marathoners, like getting to that 14 and then 15 and 16 and then up to 18, I don't know how long your longest training run was. I did 20 was my longest, but yeah, that's a See, I've never done a 20 mile training run. I, and I like should do that. So anyway, I forget what I was saying about, I totally uh, cut you off, but no, 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 don't worry. Oh, oh, you were like, oh, did you not feel like running at all after your marathon? I, I felt like the marathon reinvigorated me. I was like, I, I, whenever I run a, uh, like a organized road race, I always like, I'm like, should I become a professional athlete? Like I always like dip into this, like 30 minute fantasy of like, yeah. Yeah. And meanwhile, I just ran like an, uh, I had a marathon in like nine minute miles, like <laughs> close. but oh I'm like, if God. I really trained, I could do it. But right. I, um, I just drop everything. Literally. Yeah. Well, I've had that thought actually. Yeah. I'm like, I could. I could, um, so yeah, I know it reinvigorated me, but then that only lasted so long. And then I got busy again and the weather last winter, I remember loving or just like embracing the winter weather for Mm. runs. And like, I had, I have, I still have all the gear and like all the jackets and all the gloves and all the air warmers, but now just the idea of running outside in the cold, I'm like, no, thank you. I'm like a baby about it now. I don't remember when we talked about how thick skinned we were about being in new England and like how like we were now. Yeah. Now we're like, never mind. (laughs) I know. I'm like, can't wait for summer. And then mind you last summer, my big experience excuse was that it was too hot I always have an yeah, excuse I'm yeah. pathetic is what and, it is and then spring will be too rainy yeah and and I'm trying to think fall um to uh my allergies are too bad or something yeah, like that. yeah, yeah. got you I got you we can we can cover all the bases yeah, on all yeah. the excuses we can, we'll we, we can be professional um excuse makers <laughs> my dad's like yep he got his profession right no. 
but I wanted to ask you too about a theory that I I've had and I shared with a few X Division One athletes who I feel mm-hmm. felt the same way. Now, Lydia, after that race, I vowed and I'm I, mm-hmm. I I promised myself, I promised Eve, I promised my friends and family I would not do one in 2022. After mm-hmm. the taxing of like emotionally doing the training mm-hmm. and like mm-hmm. the things that I gave up to do the training mm-hmm. and all, I was like not doing it in 2022. I was like, maybe we'll run a couple halves or whatever. Right. And then December, November and December, working out casually, like I'd get on my silly little Peloton and do my silly little mm-hmm. bike ride, mm-hmm. but I didn't feel motivated I would literally it came to a point where like I'd get on the bike I'd do a good workout and I'd sweat and I'd feel great and like the the endorphins were there five minutes like I get into the shower five minutes I'm like literally screaming in the shower like what was that for like what am like who cares what am I doing this for so like I now I think you know where I'm going with this but I feel like I've become more competitive than ever before when I was a division one athlete like it's now more of a competition with myself Mm -hmm. like I need to have a finish line a goal a race something to train for Mm -hmm. otherwise I'm sitting here thinking like why are we doing this I I don't know what your thoughts are on that (laughs) yeah I mean I'm not in a as I said in a spot to like speak on motivation and sometimes when I sign up for a race it has the opposite effect where I'm like the, the knowledge knowing like, oh, I actually have committed to something and have to like show up for it, um, like gets in my head and like makes me not want to do the run, like the training runs. I think I get motivated, especially with running. Even if I'm not signed up for a race, I am motivated by just seeing myself get fitter. Like I think mm-hmm. progress is the yeah. most motivating thing. And as an, when I was an athlete, like I was always, I always responded way more to positive affirmation from my coaches versus like if a negative like like I would never respond well to a coach being like you little bitch like like I always like if a coach was like you're great you're special I'd be like like, okay I'm gonna show you how great I am like I I, yeah that's when I would thrive and everyone's different like some people really do thrive from like being told they're a piece of shit and like then it's kind of like a redemption story for them but yeah um yeah, it sounds like you need to sign up for a race. You need so, to get your mojo back. <laughs> so to that point. So yeah. okay, like before I make this, I make this point. I I have found more and more that I am becoming and maybe to my demise or a fault mm-hmm. that I am becoming a yes man. Mm-hmm. Like, like I, you say yes to everything. I have this horrible urge. If someone asks me to do something, I, if I, I like for a split second, I almost go, absolutely, no problem. Like, yep, yep, I'll be there or I'll do that or no problem. Mm-hmm. Like I'll fix my schedule, whatever. Like that is becoming a part of my personality. So mm-hmm. my friend, Abigail, who ran the Philly marathon, sent me the registration link, no text in the message. So they just sent a screenshot of the registration link. And I literally, it was like January or February, almost right away signed up. Like mm-hmm. without, without talking to Eve, without talking to my parents. Like I was mm-hmm. like, I'm going to do it. But I was like, wait a minute. There was a lot of like sacrifice that went into that, like mm-hmm. both for you and for them and all this other stuff. Mm-hmm. Anyways, lo- the net of it, I am running the Philly marathon oh, <laughs> on November 20th. And, yeah. but like, I, I, to your point, like I needed to sign up for a race and I, and I don't know how to fight this urge to like not want to race or like just train to like look fit or like just mm-hmm. have to your point, like be happy with the progress of it all I don't know I so I'm running the Philly marathon and I didn't want to run it 
now I do want to run it. And here we are. Wait, um, when is it? November 20th. That's okay. Sunday. You want to do it? Um, <laughs> You're like looking at your calendar. Like, okay, maybe. No. <laughs> I, yeah, maybe. Um, I like, I am potentially thinking of running an ultra this summer. So we'll see where mm. I am with that. Yeah. But um, what, when you keep, I feel like you've alluded a couple of times to like the sacrifices that you mm-hmm. feel you had to make for your marathon training. And it, it sounds like you got pretty obsessive about it well, to, to the point, point where it was yeah. like unhelpful. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, I, like, I, I found the training program that I thought was going to work and it did. I mean, I ran my goal time and all that, but I am quite a perfectionist when it comes to training. I was, when I was a swimmer at Providence, Mm -hmm. like I was, uh, and all my teammates will agree with this. I was a much better trainer than I was a racer. Mm. I could beat, I could beat our best kid in practice three out of five times no <laughs> but um like I I just I I crumbled on race day and like mm-hmm. now that I found this like new sport I don't know I think like I'm getting okay with like race day not being like a do or die situation because like road races you don't have to win to feel good you know right so so like yeah so the training is like such a big part of my racing experience that like yeah it was probably maybe a little bit unhealthy so maybe this year I'll be like you know what if we skip the eight mile run to go do something with friends like it's not going to be the end of the world yeah when did when are you going to start training um six months out so the middle of May I think okay okay I've been getting back into running this month and last month um like just like 30 minutes on the tread or like a 45 minute run here and there but like nothing like beyond seven miles so Mm -hmm. like just trying to get that base back up as we talked about but yeah so that's where yeah. I'm at. <laughs> well, that's cool. And I think it's great that you're running a second race. And yeah, I mean, I don't, I guess I may like when it comes to sacrifices made for marathon training, I feel like my coach in college used to always say, um, like a sacrifice is not a set sa- is never a sacrifice. If you're doing what you really want to be doing. Right. And, or, or if you're like moving towards what you really like, what is your like central goal, so I don't know when I also, as I get older, like the sacrifice of not like staying up late and drinking with friends. How old are you again? I'm 24. Okay. So I'm 27. So I have yeah. some years on you. Oh, okay. <laughs> no, but like I'm almost actually, 25. No. <laughs> that there is, I feel like the years between 24 and 27 is when the, this shift at least happened for me where yeah. I'm just like, I don't really want to party (laughs) like I don't don't, I'm I'm sorry I wasn't gonna be like oh I really want to get blacked out on this Saturday right but but like I don't know just even just like because I I only see Eve on the weekends sometimes Mm -hmm. like just with work and stuff just because like with work and stuff we don't live together right now and then she lives in Boston yeah she lives 10 minutes down the road if that um oh my god you guys need to hang out more I know we really should uh (laughs) that you should be hanging out way more but but yeah so like it would be able to come to like friday saturday and sunday and then yeah like that's our time to hang out but i'm spending two hours of those days running or working yeah. out or whatever yeah. and like you know like i'm like coming off of college it was a lot you know during college to be at the, you know two practices a day or whatever and so like she thought that after that it would be done, but it wasn't because I kept yeah. wanting to do stuff like this. So yeah, yeah it, sorry, it, we're, we're getting, we're kind of, we're definitely maximizing this point, but yeah, it, it, I don't want to say it was like, 
it wasn't worth the sacrifice because there's no better feeling than crossing that finish line of a marathon. Mm-hmm. Like I, 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 I think that very like wholeheartedly, but anyways, I'm ready to do it again. I think. <laughs> Good. Well, you're gotta. Yeah. You yeah. I signed up for that it. $150. Yeah. Fee. I paid to run for this. So I gotta, yeah, yeah that's the, that's the biggest crock of crap. Like, yep. Yeah. Paid $300 to go get painful, you know, and piss myself. No, <laughs> I know. I know. Yeah. Throw oh. up on the side. Yeah. Can't wait. Woo. 5am baby. See you there. <laughs> yeah. We're going to take a quick break from this week's episode to talk about our brand new sponsors and a long time coming with TYR guys. I've been a part of the swimming community for gosh knows how long. I've been retired for just about three years, but I'm going back in with my friends over at TYR. That's right. TYR has everything you need from swimming to try to anything from biking, running, you name it. Tier or TYR has got you hooked up. They got a brand new spring collection coming out and I'm going to hook you guys up. That's right. I'm going to get you 10% off at checkout with the code Jared, J-E-R-O-D-I-G-10 off. That's right. Jared, J-E-R-O-D-I-G as in Instagram, 10 off. Going to get you 10% off at checkout with their brand new spring collection. So if you're a swimmer, I know I have swimmers listening to this show biker, uh, triathlete, whatever it may be, head over to TYR, check out their brand new spring collection. And now back to the interview. <laughs> Anyways, so let's talk a little bit about um, creative writing. So since we've okay. last chatted um, in the summer of 2021, you are now going into your, is it, are they semesters or is it like? Yeah, semesters. Okay, so sec- you're in your second semester of your mm-hmm. MFA and you're mm-hmm. graduating this year? I'm graduating at the end of the summer. So, uh, well, actually, no, I'm officially graduating in January of 2023. Okay. Because, but all of the fall, will I won't be taking classes. It will just be dedicated towards my thesis. Love that. Yep. And so, what has been two questions? What has been the biggest challenge of this past eight months, nine months? And what is the biggest reward that you've seen come of this program so far? Um, that's a great question. The two for sure go hand in hand. Uh, well, actually I, I, the two challenges that like come to mind there, there, there's two of them. One is, I mean, writing and sharing your writing is such a vulnerable experience. And, um, I wouldn't say I'm super close with my cohort. So it's so not I've heard. like, yeah. So I've heard. Oh, have you listened? Did you listen to my podcast with Emma? Of course I did. <laughs> I, I do my, oh, come on. I always get ready for a guest. <laughs> that, yeah. I'm really impressed with your research. That, that is the mark of an incredible interviewer. I've there, when, so, when I'm on a person's podcast and it's clear, they just like maybe watch one TikTok. I'm like, come on, <laughs> but that's why Terry grows, you know, to the NPR woman is like, yeah she's considered such an iconic interviewer because she's just like knows her guests so well anyway so yeah you know that I'm yes. like don't I'm not the good like, guys and the bad guys yes <laughs> yeah so it's not even that I just like I'm not close with them it's that like some of them actually are like deeply mean and like so well, I'm sharing... ready to find that guy who doesn't respect you because you I, post um... I'm I'm here in Boston for you to find that person <laughs> well uh I won't have to deal with him after oh my watch just sounded off I won't have to deal with him basically this semester is probably it with yeah. our um our relationship so good, good, and good. I bid okay. him adieu <laughs> so no, yeah that not. that has been hard just like it, like I will I, it's crazy because I before this program considered myself like co- not only confident but like outgoing I definitely always knew I was an introvert like 
even though I'm outgoing, yeah, like being, I have a social like battery that gets strange pretty quickly, mm-hmm. but I, this is like the most insecure I've ever been in my whole life. And it's, it's been like, actually, like, I thought I like, I was like, do I have like, am I do, is this what like really severe anxiety looks like? There was a day I'll get like really real. Okay. So this never happens to me. I was, uh, I was by the professor to read a passage aloud from this book and my voice started quivering so much to the point where I, like, I actually couldn't spit the words out. And then I had to leave the class. This was so, I had to leave because I started crying. Oh my God. <laughs> I, it was like literally a panic attack. Yeah. So, um, and then, you know, we have to always read our writing out loud and like our, that we submit to our workshops and, um, I get like, so nervous, like can barely, like I, I force myself to read because I, it's what's asked of me and I'm not about to be like, mm, I'm sorry, I'm too nervous because I feel like that would be, I think that would just be make, make things worse, but, yes. and it kind of, have you ever heard of the yips? It's like, it's a baseball thing or yeah. maybe, yeah, but yeah. Well, yeah, I think it, it's baseball, golf, like yeah. there's that golf. There's other sports. Like, yeah. Where you like, you can't, you just can't swing or you can't, mm-hmm. you know, you, you used to be really good at something and then something happens and it becomes a mental block that it, it, I, if I can imagine what it feels like that my experience with reading out loud is what it felt like. So it was so- that, okay. That is one, that was one of the challenges, but I kind of have been getting over that because I just like have confidence is coming back. Hopefully knock on wood. The other, uh, I would say more concretely challenging thing of this program was just, just the sheer workload. Like we mm. are, it's so much work, um, to the point I like, don't have a social life. I like barely have been posting content, especially recently, which is, I consider, you know, my full-time job and, um, like, yeah, all I do is write. And yeah. if I'm not writing, I'm reading my classmates stuff and giving them feedback because we have to like, you know, do close reads of all of their work. So I, I hate being like a person because I think it's one of the most annoying qualities when someone like complains about their work and complains about how much they're working because it's right. like, okay, we all work. Shut yeah. the fuck up. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but I, I oh. fully was just that person just now. But I I do feel a little bit like if if this was gonna if I knew this didn't have an end, I would be um like I would be like I need to readjust things. But because I know it's coming to an end, it's okay. Well, yeah, and too, like and and to shout out Emma's podcast again. Like I think you told her on her podcast that like the BU thing was kind of like on a whim, right? Like you applied to this program, like, "Ah, I'll get in if I get in. If I don't, I don't, like no big Mm -hmm. deal. But like that was like a, you did that as like a, a Saturday afternoon like oh I'll, I'll apply and then you were you wait don't correct me if I'm wrong but were you waitlisted or something yeah right? I was okay, waitlisted. So like even then you're like ah, whatever I won't get in like mm-hmm. and then boom here you are you're like mm-hmm. you know like just a couple months from graduating and you're like whoa like it's a total life adjustment yeah I, my question to you where where's the difference between the content that you put on the internet and mm-hmm. then like the the lack of confidence in the writing or sharing the writing because like what you're doing on the internet or what you're what you're putting out especially recently is a lot of like a mini vlog or like a mini story like how do you have the confidence or how are you feeling confident to do that but then like maybe when it's not that it's talking to the cohorts and the bad guys and the good guys like where's the where's the disconnect there 
Um, well, I think it's always easy to kind of be brave behind a screen is number yeah. one. Um, even still, I sometimes get like nervous when I post things for like, which I wish I didn't because I wish I just didn't care. Like, can I tell be- you, I literally like I have 98 followers on TikTok. And before uh-huh. you came onto the Zoom, I was like, I have this draft that I did last night after doing a TikTok. And I was like, it's so bad. Oh, I'm not going to yeah. post it. And then yeah. I was like, screw it, post it. But it goes from like, you're like, if you ever get a second thought about posting on TikTok, yeah. it goes from, and I'm going to, I'm going to read an excerpt from your passage in a, in a minute, but it literally goes from like 20% to 99% and then boom, it's posted. And yeah. it's like, oh, yeah. and it's live. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. I, but I, I, I think 99% of the time, unless you're saying something like bigoted or like yeah, problematic, right. Right. like don't listen to that voice saying, don't post it because the downfall of, of of posting is very slim you okay, you have a video that just doesn't perform well the upside is very large you right. you have a video that succeeds and propels you into tiktok fame <laughs> um, <Right>. yeah but <laughs> i like it's i sometimes feel because i have a following on tiktok like nervous to post a video because i'm like what if it flops that's so embarrassing but ugh, i just need to get over that like that's yeah that who knows how the algorithms work now i don't know like who's like even given a chance to see my videos and even i don't know it's just i i just am really trying to post what i want i I, not as of recent because i like can't i have like content creator block because i just like can't think of anything to post but um more mexico please more More (laughs) another sunset yes please another great bowl of food that no one else can have I know it's oh, I was it looked like, amazing <laughs> no I loved it so you have plus one for you <laughs> oh thank you but, um but yeah the to the question about confidence um like I, yeah and it's always like when you're in a room with real people and you know some of these real people maybe like don't really like you or like you know judge you for whatever reason it's like a scarier to do that. I also think I take way more pride in my writing mm-hmm. and I take it a lot more seriously than I do my content, which I also think, I, cause I think there's never any good that's comes from taking anything you do too seriously. So I pro- I hope to let go of that a little bit more, but it, it feels like, oh, I, I put like, when I share some of my writing, it's usually because I've spent like months working on it. So I, right. if it's not well received, then it, that does, that is more of a blow to the ego than like a TikTok that I spent like max an hour on like, right. Know. So yeah, no, I hear you. Yeah. So, all right. I do want to touch on this because I, if we don't talk about this, I feel like we were going to do this podcast in injustice, but you published an article on slate titled, I'm an influencer. And I think social media is toxic. Now, it's one of the most eye-opening pieces of content that I've read in recent memory. First of oh, all, wow. no, I'm, I'm, and I'm serious. Like, this isn't just me being like clickbaity and like being your friend here. Like, I yeah. loved it. Oh, I, thank you. I read I, every paragraph. Like, the way that you can tell a story with the amount of details in, in one six sentence paragraph is insane it's insane oh my god you no are one, so no, nice. no one no one pays attention to the details that you put in yeah until you put them in there and you're like holy sh- i'm gonna say it holy shit like yeah. i scroll tiktok the same exact way lydia does or i yeah. think about that the same or I, whatever it is it was, anyways so oh i'm so flattered thank you for that that's so kind you're very welcome first things first yeah what were some of the thoughts racing through your head as you're putting 
this on paper did you ever think like here we go everyone's gonna think I'm a hypocrite um no because I felt I mean yeah I I got a lot of I got some nasty comments on that article especially there's a comment section yeah yep I I didn't realize there was a comment section until like a week later which I didn't I discovered and I was like "Ooh, this is dark it it feels like it's a lot of old people who a don't understand what like social media content creation influencing is yeah and um like missed what I was trying to say which maybe means I didn't write it well but I also got a lot of (laughs) I think I got a lot of peers who told me it was great which I and I which I was really flattered by yeah like some one person commented like wow this like she's just gonna keep going on killing young women and I was like okay what like uh, first of all wrong (laughs) yeah very out of touch with like the content I'm trying to make which is content that for the most part either makes people laugh makes people think or just like maybe inspires them to live a healthier happier lifestyle via like movement and eating good food right so i i hope i'm not killing (laughs) young women guys it's all just celery juice at the end of the day no i'm kidding i have can can we we, like nail it down to the simplest like your content like i mean come on like obviously he's never seen your content yeah if if that's his comment so but yeah sorry (laughs) continue yeah so the the, there were some i mean anytime i now i because i have a following anytime i put anything out there i get like a lot of shit so but but sometimes like even when it's mostly positive there's always a little bit of negativity um but no I I didn't feel like a hypocrite posting that because I felt like I was trying to touch upon a nuance that like I don't edit my photos and I try to be as authentic as possible on my platforms And even though I am fully complicit to like, to these platforms on a larger scale, like I am creating content on Instagram and TikTok. I don't use Snapchat, but like, and these platforms have shown to be generally detrimental to the health of young women specifically is what I kind of focused on in this. Um, And that's like what the Facebook whistleblower Frances Hagen and the documents that she exposed that was what those studies were primarily about so I know that I'm like continuing to like bolster these platforms that aren't generally um, good for people but is me if I get off of them is that gonna help like people I'm not people are gonna still use them right like they're they're so part of our lives now that my if I make this like self-important decision to get off of them, is that going to have any benefit to anyone? Especially because I'm not, I don't think adding to the pool of content that is like a form of misinformation, if that makes any sense. No, it makes total sense. And Mm -hmm. I wanted to, I want to read a passage from this that A, speaks to what I was talking about earlier, the details that you put into this piece, but B, like if you don't resonate with this as a content consumer, as a content creator, 
I don't know what you're doing, but anyways, not you. <laughs> not I'm not talking to you. I'm talking to the general audience. But yeah. so here it goes. I, I decided to be vulnerable, often celebrated as real on the internet, and make a video about my struggles with clinical depression. I post it and watch it upload progress, jumping from 17 to 83 percent in a matter of seconds. 100 percent. It's live. Within five minutes, someone comments that they don't like the video because it makes them sad. I deleted it immediately. What was I thinking? This is not my brand. The next day, I post a tutorial how to make my favorite kale smoothie. People demand the name of the pea protein that I've used. Someone else commented that they love me so much. Mm-hmm. Has this idea of being real on social media really ever been looked at in a positive way? Because every time we try to be quote unquote real, it's viewed as sad or boring or worst of all, I didn't come here for this. That is the yeah. worst comment I ever yeah. got. Like, I didn't uh, come here for this. Yeah. It's like, uh, you're getting it for free. So I don't care what you can. Well, yeah, for. <laughs> thanks for, thanks for yeah. the price of admission. Like, yeah. What? Yeah. yeah. It's just the, the, the view of real, like, Oh, mm-hmm. like, like I love Victoria Garrick's content and like yeah. and her, the real pod and all that. Mm-hmm. But like, she still gets comments of like, I didn't come here for this. I didn't like, mm-hmm. or like, this is boring or this is, this isn't what this is supposed to be about. Like, so like, yeah. why, like, why is everyone saying like, oh, I want to be more real on, so-? like, I'm not saying you, but like, why is it that everyone's like, oh, I want to be real on social media or I want social media to be real, but it sounds like no one does. Yeah. Well, I think the great irony, I mean, I haven't looked at Victoria Garrick's comments, um, but like her whole brand is like being real on the internet. Right. And I think for me, when I try and post um, a little like, let's call it edgier or real content, like the the content about my mental health, I think it's a little bit, um, it's, it's not well received because most of my brand is like running health, like running smoothie, right. uh, like ha- lighthearted content. So people are like, whoa, 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 whoa. This is not why I followed you. And I'm right. like, okay, well, I'm a person. So everyone has um, different angles, everyone has like, or not angles, but like, it's a, it's a human being, like things change in your life. Like I don't yeah. have to be the kale smoothie every day. Yeah. And I will say like, because I think most of my followers, like the ride or dies, like right. they, Proof they're really, they, they are wonderful. And they like, um, you know, I think they like know that I'm a multifaceted person right. and like, and understand that like, yeah, things aren't always hunky dory. So I, I think it's just like the occasional idiot who's on there and that the kind of the anecdote that I like told in that excerpt that you just read, um, it just sucks when it's like the first comment and you see it. <laughs> You're like, damn, the worst type of person was the first person to comment. And then when that happens, when it's like the first, then I just delete because I get, you know, I am, I'm a sensitive gal. I'm sensey. Well, so especially, especially now with TikTok, they're like, you know, like, have you seen on TikTok? Oh yeah, of course. I bet you have. Like, it's like, oh, I can't believe I'm so early to this. Or like, mm-hmm. that's like the, like, that's the new thing. Like the comment section is like still pretty light before it's mm-hmm. gone like viral. And it's like, oh, I'm early or, oh, whatever. And like, so people are like, especially if they catch your videos early enough, like the, one of the first things they're going to do is be like, oh, what are the three comments on Lydia's picked on Lydia's post right now? And then like, if that's the one, it's like, yeah. I'm like, this sucks. Yeah. Yeah. People love, that's a weird, it's a weird thing. People are like first early. Yeah. Like, third. Can't believe I'm here early for this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, congratulations. <laughs> yeah, I can. Cause there's always one of you. <laughs> right. Exactly. There has to be a first, right? Yeah. <laughs> 
yeah. I think those are just like little kids too. I don't even know. Yeah. Oh my god. And and then the next portion of this is like the next day, the next post, right? Like you Mm -hmm. you you deleted it. It's like it's fleeting from your memory, and then you're like, Mm -hmm. okay, go back to the kale smoothie, go back to the Mm -hmm. the protein shake or whatever. But all like, and I don't want to speak for you, but all that that's doing is suppressing that video. And I don't want anyone to view social media as like a replacement for therapy. Right. But like you wanted to use that as an outlet to post Mm -hmm. as kind of like, if it gives you any sort of gratification or satisfaction of like, okay, like at least that's off my chest. So all that's doing is suppressing it. And then like four months go by and then it comes back and that's certainly not healthy. Like Mm -hmm. it's just, it just doesn't seem like there's a, a, like no one has the magic potion of how to make social media healthy here, I guess. Yeah. And honestly, I mean, I'm, I always think about like, what are, what should my boundaries be with social media? And I think I've gone through phases where I share like literally everything. And then like times where I'm like, I need to reel it in. Like, (laughs) why am I saying this on the internet? So I, I, I don't even know if like, if I were to like air all my mental health issues on my TikTok and Instagram. Yes, it would be very authentic, but is that healthy for me? And like, uh, yeah, is that like the best way to navigate it? I'm not sure. Like, so I think my boundaries with, I would say as of recent, my boundaries have gotten a little bit firmer with social media, um, in terms of like, being a little more specific about like the person and the version of myself I'm portraying. Whereas like, I think, and I think part of that comes from the fact that now when I first started making content, I was in, it was in the quarantine. Like I was like, I was, it was the pandemic. I was, um, I don't know. I like just, I wasn't seeing people. So the idea that other like real human beings were watching my content felt really, really like that. I was like not bridging that gap. Um, but now I'm like teaching a class. Like I'm, I have undergraduate students and one of them already was like, my friend is like a big fan. And I'm like, Oh, like, shoot. Cause like, I'm also yeah. going to be grading you like, I'm your, yeah. There's a, there's now the boundary of like pure and yeah. Like, yeah. 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 And, 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 I'm, and I'm, teacher. Sorry. I was like, what's yeah. the word I'm looking for? <laughs> right. And I'm so aware of like, Oh, there are real, there's going to be like, I'm going to meet people in real life who may have already seen my content and may already have an opinion of me. And like, I guess wanting to be more in control of that opinion, which now, as I say it out loud, uh, is ridiculous. Cause you can't really control people's opinions of you. So now I'm like, wait, maybe I don't agree with everything I just said. <laughs> no, I, it, because like, well, you don't have to like go back and forth, but I think to your point, like it's, it is hard to control the narrative of what other people think. But a, 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 an interesting thing that we talked about on the show last week is that not everyone, like if you just kind of like don't give a crap because if they really think about you, mm-hmm. they're going to think about you for the... 90 seconds of your actual TikTok and maybe mm-hmm. five minutes after that. But mm-hmm. especially with TikTok, like they're already on to the next video. They're already, yeah. ju- they're already quote unquote judging somebody else. Right. So like if without trying to consume your thoughts with what everyone else is thinking, like just going back to your point, like who cares? I don't know. Yeah. And that's what we talked about this on the show with Andrew Murnane. And it was like, I mean, I was like, but anyways, that was kind of a, like an eye opener for me was like, 
yeah, like not everyone gives a crap about Jared's day. It should be just me who gives a crap about my day. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. Like if, even if people do judge you, they're pretty much probably everyone's to some degree, a bit of a narcissist. So they'll <laughs> spend a little bit of time thinking about you and then move on. And if it's not a little bit of time and they're spending a great deal of their day thinking about you, that's a, that's a big, that's a big red flag. And that's right. a them problem. Right. <laughs> they need, it's not they a you problem. Therapy. Yeah. <laughs> no, exactly. Never good. I, uh, yeah. Exactly. So I do want to touch on another portion of the of the article that you wrote. And I think this kind of does a really good way of like hitting the nail on the head and kind of summing up the topics about social media and quote unquote real life is we often consume and edit, or sorry, we often consume edited and fictional content unknowingly on social media. We forget that people can simply make things up and present it as truth. We, or so I should probably speak for myself and sidebar, I'm going to throw myself into the ring here. Mm -hmm. I don't browse these platforms expecting to be deceived and yet I'm deceived constantly. The imaginary and fantastical are presented as reality. This feels quite dangerous. So what about, I mean, what about this feels dangerous to you? Um, Well, I think like the specific example, when I was talking with my editor about um, that specific section, at first I... I think there was a line in there that like kind of implied I was specifically talking about edited photos and videos. And there there are apps now where you can edit your body in videos, which is like was previously perceived to be like uneditable. Right. And most people I don't think know about these apps. So you see a video of like a svelte, skinny, like six packed person doing a dance and you think, oh, that's their real six pack. And you don't know that it's, um, you don't know that it's edited. And so consuming that as real, I think gives a false, especially on TikTok where you're watching so many different people's content. If you're seeing like eight, six packs in a row, I think you start (laughs) to get a pretty warped sense of what a normal body looks like. And really the people who have six packs, like probably less than 1% of the human population like it's incredibly uncommon so there's that which is like a very overt example of ways we're consuming um fictitious or fantastical content but I also think even in a much more nuanced way like I I guess I'm just going to keep going on the like fitness influencer example but if there's a fitness influencer who does really have a six-pack like it's their stomach they didn't edit their video and they're like showing their salad and they're like what I eat in a day video or whatever it may be and like smile the whole time implying that this is something that's like makes them feel good makes them feel happy when in reality like we don't know how that person what their relationship is with their body with their diet their diet could make them tired it could make them like uh sad it could make them you know we were talking about the sort of uh, ways that you the things you have to give up to be a marathon runner the things you have to get up give up to be on a really disciplined diet that was six pack (laughs) friendship (laughs) yeah yeah you can't like you're not going to restaurants anymore you're not doing much of anything anymore like you're putting all your food in a ziploc bag (laughs) you know i've tried to do like meal the weight the weight the food weight thing the um the scale oh the scale oh god i know and i've done i've like i've done it all because i have you know all those kind of toxic thoughts but anyway it's just like the way we portray things even in much subtler ways can sometimes be deceptive. Absolutely. It's, it's absurd because I, I, we touched on this very, uh, we touched on this for quite a lot about like the, what I eat in a day's videos. Yeah. Like if you watch that and think 
what Lydia eats in a day is exactly what I'm going to look, it was exactly what I'm going to eat in a day. And I'll look exactly like Lydia. You're, you're part of that. You know, I'm perceived as this is going to work because yeah, it's, it, that's not how this stuff works. And it can be so toxic to like, mm-hmm. ha- like that we were joking about it. And I, I'd love to hear your thought. Like when we were talking about it on the show, it goes back to like, remember when like moms and dads were on Facebook when it like it first hit that generation and then like mm. Aunt Becky would be like, look at the fruit salad that I made. Yeah. And like, and everyone's like, no one cares, Aunt Becky. No yeah. one cares. Well, now yeah. like that's what people are putting on TikTok. People do care. Yeah. Now people only care about that. Like, yeah. show me what you eat in a day. And I'm like, mm-hmm. we're, we're going backwards here. <laughs> like, yeah. Next would be truth it, like for truth is. Yeah, <laughs> I know. I know. It, yeah, that is actually a hilarious reality that like, yeah, it used to be like your freaking breakfast wrap. We don't give a diddly squat, but yeah, now come on, yeah, a lot Becky. of people yeah. do. Yeah, yeah, there's some of the most popular videos on at least TikTok. But I, yeah, I totally agree. I, I will say though, I think the, I've seen a lot of videos from like, I, from like, hyper progressive and I I myself am hyper progressive so like uh I don't mean that as like a slight but like really like um almost like mental health accounts where they're like talking about how the detriment of what I eat in a day videos yeah and I definitely like I I fully recognize that what did I eat in a day can be really triggering if you have an eating disorder but if someone gives, like, if someone really makes it clear in front of, in the beginning of the video, this is going to be what I eat in the day, like, then swipe. If you don't want to right. see that, then swipe. I, like, I hate the dialogue around those videos specifically. And I see them all the time, like, people shitting on what I eat in a day and how they're, like, so bad for the ED community. And, like, I'm like, well, then don't watch them. Like, if it's, it, it's one thing if it's not, if it's, like, a deceptive video and it's unclear, that's what the content of the video is going to be. But if it's right, very right. clear this is about to be a what night in a day video, not interested. Swipe. Yeah. You don't know, <laughs> one's forcing you to watch it. And that's one thing that, like, frustrates me on the app. There's, like, social censorship kind of and people are like villainized for things it's like it's not morally corrupt to make a what i eat in the day video for i watch them and i find them like interesting i'm like i don't really believe you like oh, I'm it's sure recipe you... ideas is yes. another good thing yeah i love well i love recipe i like yeah. TikTok, tiktok is like my absolute favorite um <laughs> better than the alabama sorority tiktok <laughs> yes better i've landed there though too oh um, i have too and i'm like whoa, whoa i like it here <laughs> Yeah, I know. I'm like, I'm here and I'm strangely not mad about it. (laughs) Um, But yeah, like I think people like go on their big like social justice warrior diatribes about like how bad what I eat in a day videos are. And I'm I'm just like, they're just not for you. And it's fine that a piece of content wasn't made specifically for you and your interests. Not everything should be. It's my for you page. It's meant for me. No, I know what you mean. (laughs) Not that I even am like, watch those. I'm not like a defender of those videos. I'm defender more of like, the freedom for those videos to be the freedom posted. of content yeah, yeah yeah exactly exactly so i hear you so we've gotten to a portion of the show that i forgot to tell you about but we started it this year um mm-hmm. where i'm letting the guests and i feel like you, you have plenty of questions maybe you don't maybe you do um pl- uh, where you get to ask me anything i feel like you okay. get to sit through this hour-long interview and answer all my questions and i'm so thankful that you did that mm-hmm. so now it's your turn to kind of flip the table here and ask me anything 
it can be questions that you've always gotten questions that you're dying to know about me I, I don't know what you'd be dying to know about me but or mm-hmm. questions that you like love answering in an interview but anyways I'll give you the floor and you can ask me anything um okay well one thing I'm curious about as someone who's a former Californian okay now in Boston yes in, earlier we were talking about how shitty the weather was yes are you thinking of potentially leaving of leaving Boston you know this question got brought up like literally this weekend with a bunch of friends um yeah uh because like everyone we're I'm only 24 and you're 27 yeah Uh, (laughs) we've disclosed that yeah but we're getting like a bunch of the friends that are in relationships are like getting to a point in their lives where like we'd be like moving in together maybe or like not that I'm back anywhere I I know my girlfriend's mom listens to the show so we're not there yet (laughs) we're not there no um but um like so it's like where where does everyone want to move to yeah and like genuinely I don't see myself going back to California okay at all right now okay. um okay. so that being said I do really love it up here in Boston uh-huh. and I really like the surrounding areas like the suburban Boston to like mm-hmm again we're not there yet but to raise a family or like have like whatever like that mm-hmm. portion or that part of my life I'd be excited to do here in New England mm. now I don't want to like if, if I hope that answers your question but I know you didn't stay here in Boston so yeah. was there can I ask was there a specific reason was there this is something I did because I know I was like I remember in August I told you you're gonna love it here yeah and, and, no, I'm kidding but um so why did you not want to stay in Boston well I think it was a whole collision of reasons um I like I think part of it was just not reali- realizing I wasn't going to be super close with my grad school cohort and being like you know that that kind of being an issue I also it's like, I love Rhode Island and I specifically love the town I'm from in Rhode Island so much. And it's so beautiful in the fall. So I found myself just like, I, even though I had the apartment in Boston, I'd be like, you know what, I'm just going to drive home. Like I, I would, I want to wake up tomorrow, ocean breeze coming through my window. It's a tough, it's a tough wake up call. No. Yeah. Oh, it is. Yeah. I, I, and I (laughs) totally fully recognize the privilege of that statement. I'm like, I wanted the ocean breeze (laughs) (laughs) and the seagulls squawking. But you had the hour long commute to go with that. So no hour and a half, baby. Sometimes Sometimes too. So yeah, I think it it was, and then what happened is like, I just spent the, basically the entire fall and then winter came and I was like, you know, I'm like, I'm just, I'm almost done with this program. Just going to keep. And then I found a subletter. So I was like, now I'm not even wasting money. So it kind of, it worked out. Yeah. Well, there you go. Do you have any other questions for me? Um, Well, one thing that um, I feel like I'm asking personal questions. No, you can ask personal questions. I I mean, I, I've been pretty open on this show. Everyone knows. Okay. No. (laughs) Well, I, I was curious, when, when did you meet your girlfriend? So we met senior year of college officially. Um, Uh I, we were both orientation leaders. I was like the OL of the OLs. So Mm. I was like the leader of the leaders and she was an orientation leader for her senior year. And that's how we met. Um, and then we, we like orientation wrapped up Labor Day weekend. And I asked her to be my girlfriend like that Monday. (laughs) 
Oh, wow. Yeah. So we're going on three. We're, oh, we just passed three and a half years. So amazing. Yeah. Yeah. That's so fun. Yeah. It is fun. It is well, really she's fun. listening. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> no, she was, she was like, I know we were supposed to record this the other day. She's like, oh, tell Lydia I said hi. I was like, I feel oh. like, we, like, I feel like we do like know each other, even though like, we haven't officially met through other than Zoom. But I, yeah. I don't know. Well, I, I still am in Boston all the time. So if you ever want to get dinner, I know it sounds like you kind of have a busy schedule, but no, where do, you, do you live in Cambridge or do you live in Boston? Somerville. I, we talked, oh, okay. I live in Somerville. No, but seriously, okay. remember we're, go, we're going back to being a yes man. Like you text me when you want to get dinner and I'll clear my schedule. You'll say yes, man. Yay. Yep. Okay. I will, especially as it gets like a little bit warmer. Maybe we can like sit outside somewhere. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, and (laughs) And Eve should come. Yeah. Oh no, Eve's definitely coming. Okay, good, good. (laughs) But Um, so I do. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, no. no, That's it. Go, go ahead. All right. I do have one last question for you. Okay. Now I'm excited for this because, as you know, we always ask our guests what their autobiography would be and why. Oh shoot. No, no, no. Let me ask. Do you remember what you said on this show? No. I do. (laughs) And I want to know if you want to keep it. Was I like keep on going? Something nope, like sappy no, like no, that? No, no, not even remotely close <laughs> to what you just said. What? It was. You ready? Yeah. Pink hair, sardines, and a good time. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, I love that. I'm Are happy. we sticking with that? Well, I feel like it's not true to myself because I no but longer have pink hair. You, it could go. It'll. Come, it's just. It'll come back. I. I have the essence of pink hair. I hope still. So. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so it, I'm a my, pink sweatshirt on right now. My hair is pink. I love that. Wait, that's great. <laughs> Pen to Good. paper, we're keeping you it. Know, I'm patting my old self on the shoulder. Funny. <laughs> <laughs> I remember being like, "Why sardines?" And you're like, "It's it's such like a polarizing food. Like either you hate it or you don't." And I yeah. feel like that's like the you're like, "I want it to be clickbaity." And I was like, "If I see a book." on the shelves titled pink hair sardines in a good time i'm at least gonna read the back i'm pink at least gonna sardines. judge the book by its cover <laughs> no <laughs> and a good time what would yours be so i i've gone back and forth on this and like it's it is kind of the cop-out answer for the guy that has asked this of 75 different guests but like mm-hmm. i think normal guy lazy eye is the perfect title and mm-hmm. i'll kind of explain why mm-hmm. i think i've grown on this description of it because everyone's like why the hell do should I listen to your podcast like what Mm -hmm. makes your podcast so special Mm -hmm. and not to try to be cocky here but I do think that as someone that doesn't have the richest following and I meant by like numbers wise not by Mm -hmm. like the economic um income of my followers demographic yes (laughs) anyways um like I only have 2700 followers or whatever it is on my Mm -hmm. on my social media Mm-hmm. I feel like I can do a pretty damn good job of talking to anybody yeah. that has that sort of, any sort of following. And and I want to say this because I love the Dak Shepherds podcast. The, yeah. Like those guys are great because you get to hear stories that you just know you wouldn't touch with a 10 foot pole in your lifetime. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like the, like talking about the Met Gala and who they mm-hmm. sat next to and the caviar, what mm-hmm. like great. Mm-hmm. I love hearing about that. I love fantasizing about that, but mm-hmm. that's not me. Mm-hmm. So what I come to the table with is a genuine curiosity of how did you get the table right. at the Met Gala? Right. You know, so I don't know. I like, and I know there are other great people out there that have great podcasts, but I think I'm chugging along pretty well here. 
on that yeah. sort of topic. So the story goes is like the, my norm, my, I am a normal guy. What makes me different is my lazy eye. Mm-hmm. I've learned to find a way to like, not make it anti me. You know what I mean? Like, sorry, it's not like something that's bad for me or my lazy eye is bad. Like it sucks. Mm-hmm. I can't see straight, but whatever. Like it's, it's comedy. It makes me unique and mm-hmm. I've learned to laugh with it. So that's mm-hmm. kind of how I've come across this whole, like keeping it as normal guy lazy. Eye. Yeah. Well, I love that. It, it's, it's definitely a very catchy title and <laughs> I love, I love the story behind it. And like, I think embracing our, not even our imperfections. Cause I don't think like a lazy eye makes anyone imperfect, but like embracing what makes us unique is such an empowering thing and that's why I thought stand like that's what stand up was so cool in that way because it's like people like talking about there's some dark stuff like you know uh, and and like turning it into comedy like you said or turning it into like their material and their story and in a very intentional way which I think is great I also think it's I I really admire I think we talked about this on the last podcast but I really admire you for having a podcast and and not only that but being so consistent with it do you do it do you do a recording every week every week I've yeah. had a couple of weeks where I because some things come up and yeah like like literally I'll I'll tell you the lighter one like mm-hmm. I when I got into the car accident it was a Tuesday night and I was mm-hmm. like like nope well no episode this week like yeah. <laughs> it just happens like that like yeah. I didn't leave the premises of the accident until like 9 p.m and I was like mm-hmm. It was so annoying. I literally, I got in the car and I ordered Uber Eats to get delivered to my house so that I could have the food there and edit the show and have it ready. Yeah. And then I was five feet from my parking spot when I got hit. So I was like, well, I'm going to have cold food, no podcast and an insurance nightmare. Yeah. That's how this day is going. Uh, <laughs> gosh, like adult logistics, like insurance or taxes. Talk- not taxes. your tax podcast. Not yeah. Oh, <laughs> there is nothing that gets me down more. Like I hate adults' life. <laughs> no one taught us this. Like, no, yeah. I, I love my parents, but they did not teach me this. I'm sending my kids to tax school. Yep. Yep. They don't have to major in accounting. <laughs> We're just like, yeah. yep. No, they don't have to major in accounting, but they are for sure going to tax school. (laughs) Yeah, they're, yeah, I'm sorry. Like they're, even if it's an after school activity, they're learning because the amount of stress it causes me, it's not worth it. Well, for you too, like the 1099s that you have to do, it's a little different than my W2s, but like still like- You don't even want to know. I don't, I really, I don't know. (laughs) Part three of of Lydia coming back to the show will be a deep dive into her taxes. No. Uh, Gosh. (laughs) oh man well Lydia thank you for coming back on thank you for fulfilling everyone's hopes and dreams of you returning to the show and like you said and like I've always said if you're ever here in Boston or if I'm ever down on the beaches of Rhode Island yeah I will definitely definitely hit you up and we can definitely go for an outdoor dinner or something (laughs) I would love that yeah I don't know why I specifically said outside no but it it should be I mean like look at us we're like hate March hate February hate January like we got to go outside for sure (laughs) yeah I was just like we'll both be in better places like I'm not yeah (laughs) so a big thank you to Lydia Keating for coming on this week's episode coming back to the podcast. It's always a blast having her on the show. Be sure to go follow her on social media. Uh, I'll leave all things Lydia in the description of this week's podcast. Be sure to go check out 
that article that we talked about on being an influencer and why social media is toxic. It's definitely one of the one of the best reads that I've read in recent memory. And I'm not just saying that for the cloud. I'm not just saying that because I had Lydia on the show. It is an unbelievable piece of content. So go check it out. That does it for this week's episode. Like I said, we're going to get back to regular scheduled programming of a weekly episode. We will be back with a brand new episode next Wednesday. Be sure to go follow us on Instagram and TikTok at NormalGuyLazyEye. Be sure to go check out the new merch that we just dropped over on the merch store. All those links will be in the description of the podcast. That's it for all the shameless plugs. I will see you all next Wednesday.